Hi everyone, I want to talk to you today about covert narcissism because this is something that I've not discussed so far and I think it's a very important one because actually they're incredibly difficult to, um, to see for who they are and to identify and um, I base this on my own personal experiences so okay here we go. So the number one for me, the number one trait of a covert narcissist is how they use pity. They use pity to uh, manipulate other people. They get people to feel sorry for them. And actually, that's the number one reason why anybody does anything for them is that they basically feel sorry for them. Now, they can feel they can exploit the fact that they maybe are ill or maybe they've got some sort of health issues. Whether or not it's true is another matter but they will exploit it if, if they feel the need to do so. It could well be that they're in a financial position that they exploit in order to either, you, to get, either get you to help them out financially or just to make you feel sorry for them, so therefore you'll be more likely to do things for them. Um, it could be a situation in their personal life, in their love life, um, and they will... They will always talk about this thing with you and it will never be that they actually want to have any help with this thing. So it will be the same. Effectively, you will have the same conversation with them potentially every time you see them. So the situation might be slightly different. Their circumstance might have changed a little bit, but it will all be their life is so terrible because of X reason. And you can take any reason out of the hat. They'll either use it for their for their own game whatever it is or it will just be something that they're either lying about exaggerating just to make you feel sorry for them and that in some cases seems to give people a sort of carte blanche they can do whatever they want because if you feel sorry for them then they're 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 manipulating you already and if you feel sorry for them you will do stuff to try and make things better for them because at the end of the day you're a good person and you want to help people out that are in trouble but this is the difference with a covert narcissist is they will exploit it so in my personal circumstances i know of a narcissist who um was ill and he used that to exploit everybody around him so he would get the neighbors to do things for him and some of his friends and family members and it was all he would talk about was his health concerns that was all he was interested in so effectively it didn't matter how often you saw him you saw him once a week you saw him once a year it would be the same discussion that you would have about his health issues because then you'd feel sorry for him and then it meant that you'd do some running around for him and it was in a lot of cases the running around you were doing from he was perfectly capable of doing himself but he chose not to he'd rather have other people do it for him and another narcissist I know, she was um, temporarily separated from her husband and she asked her children to help contribute to the bills, even though her husband was still paying half of the bills with her. So in this case, she entirely exploited the fact that money was going to be a bit tight for her because it wasn't that tight for her. And she thought, well, at least I can get out of this is my kids to pay my bills for me. Um, which didn't succeed. And um, it just goes to show that they will exploit any opportunity to, to get pity. And for me personally, 
my experience of coverts narcissists that's the number one trait that gives them away as being a covert is that they they use the pity and it's always getting you to feel sorry for them they're never taking action about whatever their problem is if it's a health issue if it's a financial issue or, or a love life issue they're never taking action about it they're not interested in your advice it is purely to manipulate you into doing what they want you to do um, and the second trait I've got down here is in, in like the like the overt narcissist they are entirely self-absorbed everything is about them they're not interested in, in anybody else they don't care about anybody else they only care about themselves and you'll find that the conversations particularly with covert narcissists it doesn't matter what's going on in your life they'll only be talking about whatever it is they want you to feel sorry for them about they don't want advice they don't want help they don't want to get out of the situation they just are taking your energy by talking to you about it, by you being interested, by you caring enough to listen. They're just sucking your energy. So if you've got any friends that all the time, it's all about them. So you phone them or you speak to them. It's all about them and they're not interested in you. Then big red flag. Because at the end of the day, they're not a true friend. It should be about 50-50 or they should at least take a little bit of interest in you. If they don't, then that's not, not a good thing. Um, basically, any, anything else that they do or say that seems that they care about anybody else is just utter pretense. Because what they'll do in some cases is they'll ask a question of somebody else in order to bring the conversation back to them. So, so you'll find that the conversation will be steered that may appear that they're asking you a question about your life, but actually somehow they'll manipulate and control the conversation so it will come back on them again. Or it will be, if they're having a problem in their love life, how's your boyfriend? Just to be snarky and make a dig at you, because their issue is that their love life is an absolute disaster at the moment. Now, oh, and this is a huge one. This is, this is the biggest red flag, is they gossip. They always gossip about other people. So when you meet them, they'll have all the stories about all your friends and maybe even people you don't know. Oh, so-and-so's having a divorce. Oh, so-and-so's got a drink problem. And that it will always be about other people's misfortunes, always. And if you really <laughs> want to go into it, whatever they're gossiping about will always be the thing that makes them feel superior. So if they feel that they're superior to other people because they have more money than them, then their gossip will always be about people that have less money, have to do things, jobs that perhaps they don't like and what have you to show their superiority in that way. So it's a lot more subtle, but it also gives them the one-upmanship. They will also, I can guarantee, if they're gossiping about other people, I can guarantee you they'll be gossiping about you as well to other people it doesn't just stop they won't just gossip to you so anything that you tell them you just need to presume that that information will be going and they'll be repeating it to other people to serve their own purposes as well now gossiping is really toxic it's a very very toxic thing to do and in actual fact i think personally sometimes the gossip is either untrue or greatly exaggerated so, so just to make the narcissist feel better, it's their kind of really clever way 
of making them feel better about themselves. And the more that you're kind of pulled into the drama and have the conversation with them about it, the more you're feeding their superior, you know, their their feelings of superiority. And the more you're kind of, what's the word, conspiring with them and joining with it and feeding the energy from it. They also hide behind this whole thing about poor little me. So much like the, the pity, but this is slightly different, is that they kind of, whereas the overt narcissist bigs themselves up, the covert narcissist will kind of make themselves see, seem smaller. So they'll kind of appear to hide behind this screen of being a little bit shy, maybe being a little bit anxious around people in order again to get your pity, but also makes you feel disarmed because if they're this poor little person then you may not necessarily um, take actions to protect yourself you then going along with the pity feel even more sorry for them because they make themselves to be powerless in their situation that they're controlled by everybody else that there's something that's out of their um, possibility of of changing that that you know they're they're the victim they'll always be the victim and it, and it doesn't matter how much you'll try to help them potentially not be the victim, they'll always be the little one that's hiding. And, and But it's all, again, a facade. It's all a facade because they do feel superior to people, but they've worked out that they've got to kind of hide behind a slightly different screen than the overt narcissism. It's And it makes it harder. To, that's what makes it harder to spot is that they're not overtly <laughs> superior they do hide a lot more than the, than the overt uh the next thing i've got on my list is is passive aggression now because they can't be truthful about how they feel about other people or about situations then they they um express their uh dissatisfaction their anger their frustration by passive aggressive digs all the time they will never be honest about how they're feeling because that's then something that they have to confess to that's something that they have to deal with themselves they find it much easier to kind of covertly again express their anger and their dissatisfaction with by, with people with little digs and this also extends to they'll you know if they think that you're happy they'll be jealous of the fact that you're happy and they have to bring you back down but it won't be it won't be something over it will be just a little snipe that is about just about deniable and it could well be just even the tone of the voice that they use when they say it that gives it away as being passive aggressive but it makes it deniable and then it makes it your fault if you bring it up with them that you're too sensitive or you can't take a joke or what have you so it's just another way of deflecting things again their problem their issue back onto you if you do address it with them. Um, the other thing is, uh, much like I just said about hiding behind the, the little me thing, is they will they will put themselves down. They the as a, as the overt will talk about how fabulous they are and and their image and how much money they've got potential or the car they drive, the things that are important to them, the covert will deliberately put themselves down and they'll say things in order to elicit um, compliments or praise or encouragement from other people because that's what they feed off so they don't feed off of um, the, the admiring glances that the overt narcissist might think that he gets from other people but they actually feed off the energy that are trying of, of good people that are trying to make them feel better 
And that's what they feed off. And it's they're not they won't take it and feel better. They'll then they'll know that they can use that again to take more energy from you because whilst you're investing in them, trying to big them up, you're 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 taking energy from yourself and you're and you're using it with them, and they feed off of that. So, so much about this is again that's another hidden tactic that they do, which. It's really difficult to spot, and this is why the coverts are very difficult to to identify. Um, they they hold grudges. They will hold a grudge for a very long time. And if you have ever have a problem with them that that you know descends into an argument potentially, they will have a list of all the things that you've done. And this list, it doesn't matter. They'll never forgive you for these things. It doesn't matter what you do or what you say. They'll always remember the times when you said something to them that was a little bit snipey or sarcastic or hurt them. They'll bring up the occasions when you did something that let them down constantly because they just can't move on from the fact that you did something that showed that you're not enmeshed with, you're not them, you know, that you are an, an individual, you are separate from them. They have no compassion or empathy for other people. Now, if they do appear to have any compassion or empathy, it will only be in order to make themselves look like a human being. And it's not real. And I think this is when our, our red flags go off, our warning bells go off, when we see people that appear to be compassionate and can appear to, can appear to have empathy, but actually it's all just a fake show because underneath it, it's all just words they don't mean it. There's no real proper energy underneath it all. And it's all just in order to make themselves look good. Perhaps they're talking to somebody who they admire and they want to big themselves up and make themselves look in, like a different person. But it will all be just a show to somehow bring it round back to them again. Uh, they're only interested in their image. They're only interested in their image. So, so with like as with the overt narcissist, all you get is just a kind of two D character of of the person that they think they are and the person that they think that other people see them as. So that image could well be the material possessions they have, the, the house they live in, the clothes they wear, the roles that they have. So it could be that they're a mother or a father, or it could be that they're in some sort of position within the church or a school teacher. But all that will matter will be maintaining that image to themselves and also maintaining that image to other people. So, and it's really superficial. It's really superficial. It, it, there's no depth to it whatsoever. And I think we pick up on that as well Is you know, they'll, they won't be a school teacher or whatever or, or a mother that's caring, but they'll feel that they have to brag about the fact that they're a school teacher that's caring or a mother that's caring. When actually most people take that as red as that's the kind of roles that those things need is to be caring. But to a narcissist, you see, it's all it's all just fake. So they've got to perpetuate their image as well. And I, the last point I've made here is one-upmanship. You will never be as sick or stressed or anxious or ill as a covert narcissist. What, everything that they do is either to, the, with the one-upmanship, is to bring other people down. So knock other people down when they're, <laughs> when they're already down, potentially, or even when they're up. But also 
just it just invalidates you entirely it means that you're expect that you're they're not interested in your experience they just want to tell you about their experience that was so much worse or better or whatever it was and it eventually it essentially makes it about them again so so any conversation that you're having they'll be thinking the whole time there'll be a filtering thinking how can i turn this conversation around so it's back to me again because everything is about me as far as they're concerned so the one-upmanship again, all that does is go, I invalidate you. I'm not interested in what you have to say anyway about me. I went through this thing and it was much worse than what you're going through. And again, that feeds back in again to the pity and the hiding behind the little me and the bringing themselves down. Now, the covert narcissist, I think, I mean, with an overt narcissist, it's pre they're pretty easy to spot because basically their behavior is terrible. And no one will be surprised um, if they know the narcissist that you're talking about, that you think, you suspect they may have narcissistic personality disorder. There'll be no surprise. They'll be, they'll be, oh, that explains it all. But with the covert narcissist, it is so much more hidden. Now, in my situation, my father is an overt narcissist. And basically, I'd struggled, really struggled with him since I was about a teenager since I was about 14, really struggled with him because that's the age when you're starting to find a bit of independence. Um, I wouldn't necessarily agree with everything that he said or did, and he didn't like that. He liked the younger Claire because that was when I thought he was God and when I thought he was always right. So I just unquestioningly worshipped him thought he was God, thought he was the best thing. But as I got older, I did start to question him a bit more and he didn't like that. And that's when often the split occurs with a narcissist is that as soon as you hit an age where you're establishing your own character, they, as far as they're concerned, we're little versions of them. As soon as we break away, they're like, no, this is not right. This is not how it's supposed to be. And they think there's something wrong with you. Um, but with my father, it was really easy to establish. And, and effectively, I'd been gone kind of questioning him, maybe thought about gone no contact from the age of 21. So that's 20 years. So the, and the main reason, the only reason actually why I kept in contact from the age of 21 was because of my mother. I felt so sorry for her being married to my father, and she exploited that. She would say things like, oh, nobody comes to see us anymore. And, you know, you know, your dad likes to see people and, and, and no, these people don't come and see us anymore and nobody else in the family comes to see us. And I'd go and see them most weekends. Now, the reason why people didn't go to see him or them was because my dad was so rude. He would often... As you walked in the door, walk out the other door with a hedge trimmer and go and work in the garden. And this was when he was retired. So it wasn't, and this was weekend. So this was, you know, as soon as somebody arrived, it was time to be going to do something else, just to let you know how unimportant you were. And week after week, I would turn up because I felt sorry for my mum. And she used that because ultimately, if she was alone with my dad, 24 7 uh, 24/7, she would get his abuse and she knew that if I was there I was like a shield for her which is what I'd been since a small child I would take the abuse or at least she could maybe deflect it to me 
if, if, if she was getting it, she could maybe deflect it to me. So I was effectively her shield for 20 years until I worked out. I did go then no contact with my father before I knew about narcissistic personality disorder. And then I was roped back in again because my mum had breast cancer. And then I went, I found out about narcissistic personality disorder and I was ooming and ahhing about whether or not to stay in contact with my mother because I had not applied the same, the, all these things to my mother. I'd not realised that she was just as toxic as he was. I thought she was his little puppet. I thought that everything that came out of her mouth that made me go, what's that? That's not good. I don't like that. That sounds a bit toxic. Was stuff that he'd primed her to say. And it wasn't until I realised that actually the stuff that came out of her mouth was not from him. It was from her that I realised that she is equally as toxic as he is. And I had to get away. But effectively, the decision was made for me because I went into contact with my dad and my mum, like the good, obedient wife that she is, went along with it for an easy life. There was no way that she was going to continue contact with me against my father's wishes. So effective, effectively, they came as a toxic pair. You went no contact with one of them. That was it. You went no contact with both of them. And it took me a really long time, a really long time to realize that she was just as bad. And then when I look back over certain instances of my childhood, I see, I can see the toxic times and I can see really clearly that she absolutely used me for 20 years and used my pity and my feeling sorry for her for me to be a buffer for or a shield for her from my father's abuse. And I think that's really important to, to understand. They use that pity. They use the fact that you are a good person and that you care about them against them. Now, my mother had a choice. She married my father. She, she made a decision to marry him. She made the decision to have children with him. She's made the decision every day since she married him to remain with him. And if she thinks that was a crappy decision, her bad. <laughs> she could always leave. But instead of doing that, she would reel me in and she uh, to, to use as the buffer to make life easier for her. And fortunately, I went no contact when my son was three years old. But what would have happened was it would have been Claire and my son, Joe, would have been the two buffers then to my father. So she would have used me and my son. But that wasn't happening because I went no contact. So that's my video about covert narcissism. I can't believe I haven't done one before. But I just really important. Just think about... Whoever it is that you're questioning, what, what is it actually all about? If you just sit and take a moment and think about it, what's the play here? And is the play that you're being a good person is being used against you because you feel sorry for them? Then that's the time to sit and have a look at, at the relationship and work out what is the best thing for you going forward. Okay. Uh, thank you for watching and I'll see you again next week. Bye.